Hi, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Unapologetically Different Podcast. This is Season 6, Episode 42. I'm your co-host, Key. And I'm your co-host, Coach P. And we're back. It feels really good. We're, like, in the groove of things. We had an episode last week. An yeah, amazing boy. guest. Great energy. And it just feels good to be back in the studio making magic with you, Key. Facts. Um, If you haven't already, please check out our season opener. It was Episode 41, the Tariq Navar interview. It was a really dope episode he dropped a lot of gems about being an entrepreneur and much more so you don't want to miss it go check it out when you get a chance yeah definitely Tariq brought a lot of energy he was really a family man and just giving gems about his experiences being an entrepreneur go back and check that episode out how you been coach P I've been doing good I'm actually a little nervous because I, I plan on doing a little bit of accountability by posting a before picture of basically where i'm at right now currently fitness wise what them abs be like exactly (laughs) like i'm about to put myself out there on that social media so it's a little bit scary but i think that's gonna give me a little bit of an extra boost when you just have accountability you have people seeing what you're doing so i'm glad you're being transparent about that last season you seemed like you were doing well fitness wise can you please share with our listeners what changed well Basically, life happens. Life is just crazy, random situations. Things can happen that cause a lot of stress, throwing schedules off whack. And the way I deal with it personally is eating. <laughs> and like, you, you know, love you some Thai food. Exactly. Carbs. That's just <laughs> that. That's my baby right there. And it, it definitely gives me that false illusion of things being better. But it's not good for the midsection. So I'm trying to put myself out there and really just be like an inspiration for people just to show whatever level of fitness you're at. If you do what you got to do, follow the right steps, nutrition, sleep, diet, so on and so forth, you can get those results. And I want to be that actual example of it by putting myself out there. So I'm excited. You lead it by example. I hear that, Coach P. Exactly. Make sure you drop gems along the way so our listeners know what's going on. Definitely, definitely. Man, you sound so sultry in this. I Yo, like it. Yo, this studio is lit. I feel mad sexy behind this mic, though. I'm about to start twerking. And you, you look you look sexy, too, for those of you who can't see. Oh, thank you, honey. You looking good, too. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. I see an ab over there, or two. <laughs> get, get on that six-pack, Coach P. <laughs> I got you. I got you. <laughs> All right, so we bring it back. Um, So let you guys know we have our book club, and we're still going with that strong, by the way. Um, Our next book in line is Long Walk to Freedom by the one and only Nelson Mandela. As you know, we'll introduce the book this episode and we'll post it on our social media so you know that we're reading the book. And our next episode, which should be posted next week, we'll be talking about our reviews about the book, our ratings about the book, and everything of that sort. So make sure you get a copy of the book, Long Walk to Freedom by Nelson Mandela. And if you read it already, definitely share your thoughts with us. You can send us an email at different at gmail.com all one word or you could just slide up in them dms real quick and let us know how we feel about that book all right yeah i'm definitely excited about reading that especially because why because it's your pick it is my pick (laughs) but also it's an it's an autobiography and i i normally that's outside of my realm and Mm -hmm. that's one of the things i said to you i'm like excited about this book club because we get to just really read certain things that we might not normally look into so I haven't read an autobiography since, like, I don't know, junior high school. So. No, it's true. I mean, you know, life happens, and we're both, we have careers outside of the podcast. We have a lot going on, and I think reading is very important. It enhances your vocabulary. And to me, it's just good to kind of get away from the TV and just kind of get yourself lost in a book. 
I know for you, audio is more your choice. I like to actually feel a book and go through the pages. I even like smelling some of the books, mm. too, because they smell kind of good. But um, I'm really into that, so I'm glad that we have a book club coming in. And hopefully our listeners are participating with us on this journey. And let us know your thoughts about a book, whether you like it, disliked it, or loved it. Let us know your thoughts so we can definitely share it on our social media page as well. Yeah, we definitely love to hear from you guys, so please do share with us. So moving on. On July 30th, LeBron James opened the doors to his I Promise School in Akron, Ohio, which is just like, damn. That's dope. That's, that's literally, he, he really is living up he to the, the title of the king. Exactly. Exactly. Um, he gave an exclusive tour of the school with CNN correspondent Don Lemon. We actually have a clip of the tour posted on our social media page. So definitely, if you haven't seen that, go check that out. Really cool. Just seeing the kids, seeing their reaction to meeting LeBron and just giving you a little bit of a, a background of the school and getting to see a, a tour and what inside looks like their excitement was just so beautiful to see them like so like fascinated with everything it was like super dope so yeah and one of the coolest aspects of the school is lebron james has his sneakers on the wall and essentially what the the plan is to do they're going to auction off those sneakers where whoever wins will get one pair and then the other pair will stay on the wall with that auctioner's um name next to it and it's basically a way to one have the kids really see what it's like walking in lebron's footsteps actually coming into the school seeing him exactly exactly Mm -hmm. and then also just being able to raise money for the school so i'm just like that's just dope and it's like 114 pairs on the wall so that's like a lot of space exactly and when you see that walking into the school i feel like it just sets the tone of the kind of environment and community that's based in the school which i think is really important yeah and the words we are family are on the walls throughout the school which really demonstrates the importance of working together as a team no matter your race socioeconomic class or ethnicity we're all family and i i think when I when I hear that, it reminds me of the idea of it takes a village to raise a child. Damn sure does. And LeBron is really stepping up and really embodying that with this school and all the works that he's doing. So shout outs to King James out here living his best life and really making a difference for, for everyone in his circle and just the world in general. Yeah, no, it's true. And I'm glad that you spoke to it. Take a village. Oftentimes we take advantage of these teachers that are in these schools and these school communities for that matter and they're trying to assist these students even ones that may come from troubled homes or whatever the case may be and we take advantage of those students I mean those teachers so to note to your point about it takes a village it definitely does take a village to raise these kids to young responsible and wonderful adults that could hopefully be another LeBron James and give back to their community the way he has um Also, the school opened to 240 low-income, at-risk, third- and fourth-grade students in his hometown, Akron, Ohio. Each year, the school will add grades. The goal is to expand the first and eighth grades by 2022. I Promise is a public-private partnership between Akron School District and the LeBron James Family Foundation. The school is open for more than... The traditional school year, which I think is very interesting. And I've heard mixed reviews about those, you know, being that the school have more school days, they have more opportunity to learn more. But then again, it's like students are spending more time in school. They're not spending a good balance of time, 
you know, recess or like having breaks, which is important. So it's kind of a catch 22, but I'm glad that he opened it up and kind of extended a traditional school year. Um, I think that's very important and kind of seeing the effects it may have on the students. Another component of the school, which I think is absolutely amazing, is that parents are provided with job placement services and GED. So while their kids are learning, they're learning too, and they're also getting job placement. So there's no excuses why these parents from low income housing cannot succeed because they have the proper resources and accessibility to do so. Um, there's also a food bank on site, free breakfast, lunch, and snacks, and food pantry for families. I think that's very important because some of these low-income housing, they don't have food. You know, sometimes these kids are going to school and don't have a proper breakfast. Or some of them, you may see them, and their breakfast is a bag of chips. That's like 50 cents. And damn. it's like, damn, that's not, you know, going back to Coach P and the gems that he'd be dropping about nutrition, like that's not proper nutrition for a child. So, and that can affect their learning ability, which is very imperative. So the fact that they have free food bank on site, I think that's really dope and it's amazing. Children are given free bicycle and helmets so they have the opportunity to ride a bike. And you know, some kids at that age may not even know how to ride a bike. Um, it guarantees college tuition for the University of Akron for every student who graduates, which is like amazing. The yeah. fact that you're giving free tuition to go to a college once you graduate, you ain't got to worry about no loans. Sally may hit you up and your credit score being affected. <laughs> that is dope because that's what I'm currently going through right now. You know, the struggle is real. Um, another component of it is that it offers social and emotional support and other wraparound services, which is very imperative, like in terms of counseling. And I think students do need that because you don't know what their home life be like. These kids are going to school. Some of them, they already got an adult mindset because of the stuff that they're going through. They can't really be a kid. So to have those services being provided, that is super dope. And that could really affect their learning ability and how far they advance in school. Um, another component of it is that the school accounts for and addresses the structural discrimination that has long hurt black families. So the fact that he is um, cognizant of these issues that happen within our community and making sure that he's finding resolutions in the school for these students, I think it's super dope. I'm so excited about this. School. I want to go visit it now. Yeah. Apparently, Melania Trump wants uh, LeBron to give her an invite as well to the school. So I don't know how. Cheeto Hitler is going to feel about that, but... Speaking of <laughs> Cheeto Hitler. <laughs> um, but th there is a little bit of controversy surrounding the school. So charter schools versus public schools. And Valerie Strauss wrote an article for the Washington Post where she really talks about preferring it to be a charter school rather than a public school and how charter schools are publicly funded but privately operated. And the rebuttal to that argument is that Ohio's charter school sector has long been riddled with scandal. One example is the ECOT, or the Electronic Classroom of Tomorrow, being ordered to repay the state a sum of $80 million. That's a lot of coins. Yeah, literally. that that's <laughs> So that could be a reason, along with a plethora of other reasons, why um, LeBron James did not want to go to charter school route. I think one of the most imperative things that she did say in the article is that America's public schools should not be dependable on any wealthy individual or private entity to be sustained or improved. And I understand her point pertaining to that. But at the end of the day, if the government is not coming in, a local politician is not coming in and creating proper schools or something of this caliber for the students, and it took an individual entity like a LeBron James to come in and do that, I don't see what's the problem. He's he's finding resolutions to these issues in the communities that's been going on for years, even when he was a child and before that. So granted, I understand um, an individual entity 
having this much power pertaining to the school, but there's a check and balance system put into play. And I also think that this is a chance for these students to succeed at something. What are we going to wait around for politicians to come around and do something? How long it would have took for this school to be created if it was up to politicians? Yeah, all that red tape. And, and I think going back to the it takes a village to raise a child, I think it really shows a lot about LeBron and his character. And it, Facts. Because he has this level of success financially and really just taking action to make a difference in his community. And I was having a conversation with someone a few weeks ago. This is an older woman, and she just talked about how um, back when she was younger, people were more community-oriented and people were taking actions to make a difference for their community, where men would help old ladies carry their bags home and people would just be doing things to make their community better. And I think this is a perfect example of what LeBron's doing, just really just taking responsibility in making his community better instead of complaining saying the government sucks things aren't changing Mm -hmm. he's actually taking the steps to make a difference and i think it's so easy to just say it should be done this way versus taking action to make that difference yourself no you're right about that and also another part of this argument too is that taxpayers are going to be paying more that's kind of the presumption that's put out there when this school came about And in fact, taxpayers will not be paying more. Um, Here's a breakdown of how it's going to go. A review of the local tax rates that Fun City Schools showed there was no increase between 2017 and 2018. The funds from the LeBron James Family Foundation will cover about a fifth of the school's total cost. I promise we'll receive 20% boost in revenue from James' own efforts to cover the programs that offer resources to students who need them. Taxpayers will partially pay the bill for the school. However, they will be paying the same amount they paid last year where there was no I promise school so the rebuttal to these these claims is that the school is benefiting so to kind of go back to the point I think why there's a lot of issues surrounding this topic is because it's really benefiting black and brown people in the community Mm. and I question if these conversations will be about like oh it should not be owned by a private entity and oh um taxpayers will be paying more with this kind of conversation be taking place if it was an affluent white school where white students are benefiting from it because oftentimes as you see a consistent rate of these affluent schools that are predominantly white they have a great resources accessibilities a lot of things at their disposal however you don't really hear a lot of criticism about what the effects it's going to have for the community and for the other kids who may not benefit so it's funny how this came about and now it's like a conversation um what do you think um, I think I think you make a really good point there. Mm, I do what I can when I can get it done. <laughs> I, I think about the Parkland shooting, how it was yes. a tragedy, but the fact that it it was a school that was predominantly white that really catapulted it to really making real difference and change, like to start happening right away. Versus, there's been shooting and gun violence in the African American community Hello. for as long as we can mm-hmm. remember, and. A lot of times when things are affecting communities with people of color, that doesn't get addressed right mm-hmm. away. So I think you definitely make a good point here. And I'm hoping that, honestly, more athletes, because there are a lot of affluent athletes who are people of color, more athletes start to take take uh, start to follow LeBron's footsteps and mm-hmm. really making a difference. Because like we talked about on the show, it's really all about the next generation. And if we're doing what we can now to support them and help them prosper, that's what's going to really make a difference for future generations down the line so that we're not dealing with the same problems. We're moving forward instead of moving backwards, a la Cheeto Hitler. 
Um, but also, too, keeping in mind this whole conversation pertaining to public schools and charter schools. And I think we talked about it in a previous episode, like the whole creation of charter schools. I feel like they leave public schools behind. It's like, what about the public school students? It's like, are we going to do away with public schools? And, you know, going back to that woman's article, it's like, but why should it be a charter school? What is wrong with public schools? Why can't we focus on bettering those schools and making them great? A lot of people who are successful came from public schools. They're a product of um, public schools. I'm a product of public schools. Me I too. went to some good ones and I went to some shitty ones, but I'm alive and I'm here. You know what I'm saying? So, and I'm still trying to make it out here. So, I'm not a failure at all. In, in my eyes, I'm not. So, I don't understand how we have this conversation, this discourse around public charter schools. Um, and now you have somebody who's willing to give back and kind of take that to another level. I never saw a school created like this to this magnitude. And now it's like, but what about charter schools? When charter schools was being created left, right, and center, forgetting about kids that were in public school, it was never a conversation about what about the public school kids. It was like, oh, what about them? It was like, ah, we got a charter school over here. Let's focus on that. Let's leave these public schools over here. Now he's giving back in to this magnitude to a public school, which I think is very imperative. So go back to your point about other affluent players. Hopefully they follow suit and give to public schools as well. Yeah, you make know, public schools great again. Facts, <laughs> because a lot of us came from it, and I don't see why we got to do away with it or why don't we try to find resolution for public schools. If you want to continue to create charter schools, go ahead. But let's not forget about public schools, and they should not be lacking resources of any sort because of charter schools put in place within a different, within the same area, whatever the case may be. So um, to kind of get to that, and speaking of, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, shortly after the exclusive interview with Don Lemon, Trump tweeted, LeBron James was just interviewed by the dumbest man on television, Don Lemon. He made LeBron look smart, which isn't easy to do. I like Mike. <laughs> And now he so. likes Mike. Okay. Um, and then Don Lemon responded with a, you know, with the shade, honey. I was feeling it. He was like a man who puts kids in classrooms or a man who puts kids in cages. Hashtag be best. And he was given double shade because Trump has at the borders have kids practically detained in cages, sleeping on the floor, like with one sheet blanket we've been posting this stuff on our social media so definitely go check it out some of them are being molested by the um officials there so that's a whole other problem yeah take a deep breath on that because that joint is crazy um so he was speaking to that and also to um like i said double shade um melania trump campaign against bullying hashtag be best and what's funny like you said earlier melania actually commend LeBron James and even Michael Jordan came out and he was like he commented LeBron James on this school so Cheeto Hitler you, you looking kind of salty and bitter over there mm, <laughs> I would be too now all we need the NBA to do is just rig this season to LeBron wins a championship with the Lakers <laughs> if that happens it's, it's over <laughs> to be honest this is a little bit on a tangent I feel like LeBron is the GOAT and for those who don't know what the GOAT is the greatest of all time I think he's the GOAT because of his basketball ability, but then also what he does off the court. Not all athletes are willing to put themselves at risk and really talk about the issues and take a stand. And he's been doing that unapologetically throughout his entire career. And I really just commend him for that and just aspire to just be able to make a difference in the way he's doing as well. So, yeah. Well, we're all entitled to our opinions. I think he's a GOAT off the court. 
Um, I think he's a great, uh, he's a good player. There's, you know, I have a bit of issue there. You know, I'm, I'm a Warrior fan. Shout out to my champions, okay? Um, but off the court, I will definitely say I commend him on everything he has done. It's not just him creating this school. He does, he's also a producer. Um, he does a lot of behind the scenes work. Um, and he's actually coming out with a documentary soon titled... Shut up and dribble. Yeah, so I want to see how that's going to turn out. So he's actually doing a lot of stuff off the court, which I really do commend him on. And with this school, I'm not going to lie, like, I really was like, oh, my God, I'm in love with him now. Like, this this is it. This was, this was it for me, like, you know. And the fact that the long-term goals, what he want to do with the school and in general, I'm just – I really do commend him on what he's doing. He's not just a stereotypical basketball player. He's really making moves out here. And I feel like he's a positive role model for a lot of these young kids to look up to, whether they want to be a ball player or not. Yeah. So moving on to our next topic, on Saturday – over this weekend, it marked the one-year anniversary of the Charlottesville riot. Crazy. I feel yeah. like that happened, like, yesterday, That bro. Exactly. That shows you time just flies by. And, and this man is still in office. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I, I pretty much, like I've pretty much given up on the impeachment. The impeachment. Like I'm people still already, praying. people already talking about if he will win re-election. And I'm just like, how are you guys even thinking about re-election? Like, I'm hope he doesn't survive. I wouldn't be surprised if he won re-election. I, that, I would not be surprised. That would be a shock. I would to not. Me. I would not be surprised. Because we live in America. If you okay? have that, that would meet, say a lot because I feel like with everything going on, if people aren't going out to the polls and really voting to really put their thoughts and opinion out there that's just insane or maybe most of america or most of people who are entitled to vote support him and that would just speak volumes as well so or the russians could hack it again oh shit. wouldn't be a surprise there <laughs> Oh. So that could be a whole other thing. Whether we go out there and vote, like they could tap into the system and there goes that. And Damn. then what we gonna be doing? We're gonna be stuck with Cheeto Hitler for another four years. Oh wow. So that's all it's a lot of components to this voting, honey. Yeah, I'm not I'll I'm gonna just put that off somewhere over here. I don't even wanna think <laughs> about that. Heard you. So Definitely go back and check out the episode where we discussed the Charlottesville riot. That's actually season three, episode 17. And please, again, share your thoughts. We love to hear your feedback, whether it's in email, DMs, in our comments. We love to just interact with the fans. So please definitely reach out and share your thoughts about that episode. Coach B is more responsive in the um, DM, so make sure you slide in there real quick. <laughs> <laughs> so Trump actually tweeted on the anniversary, the riots in Charlottesville a year ago resulted in senseless death and division. Mm -hmm. We must come together as a nation. I condemn all types of racism and acts of violence. Peace to all Americans. Now, after hearing that and and you you know where I'm going with this joint right here. After I heard that tweet, I was just like, wait, really? Like this guy really just he has no shame at all in terms of he'll say the <laughs> sky is red <laughs> and the next minute he'll like, no, the sky is blue. I don't know what you're talking about. Like he has no shame. He'll walk back any statement. But I do not think any real um, genuineness to the statement. Really? Why not? He's yeah. a changed man. So, well, let's take a walk down memory lane. So this is the same person who said. All Haitians have AIDS. Shit. Nigerians want to go back to their huts. African countries are shitholes. He encouraged and pushed for the Muslim ban. He went after the Central Park Five for years after they had actually been exonerated. So who cares about innocent until proven guilty? 
he questioned Obama's citizenship even after he... <laughs> He's he, still doing that he, shit. Exactly, even after he proved it, which it's I'm annoyed that yeah, he even had to do that. He called the Mexicans rapists and murderers, amongst other things. And when Charlottesville actually happened, he stated that there are very fine people both on sides. both sides. <laughs> Emphasis, both sides. The, the one side that had tiki torches, shields, were yelling bunch of misogynistic hate just this uh, is their country no jews yeah no, yeah literally just even Fine thinking about on it both sides so yeah that's that's the guy who tweeted key what do you think do you think his his tweet was genuine oh no nah, it's not genuine i think you know how how this go we we coming up on re-election so he got to change up so he could get back into office and stay there um it's bullshit (laughs) like you know let's get to the core of it it's bullshit i don't think it's genuine at all he's literally going back on his word which he always does it's nothing surprising it's unfortunate that the year anniversary this is what he's saying this is what he should have said when it happened right what we was expecting from him as a country when it happened and when he went up there talking about fine people you calling white nationalists kkk fine people that to me is bugged out so I don't think it's genuine. I think it's BS. And I do feel like as we approach re-election, he's going to try a lot. A lot of his rhetoric is going to change. You know, he probably going to be for the Me Too movement now. Who knows? <laughs> he's going to probably stop grabbing people by their crotch. Like, you know, like, who knows? You know, he probably may do more this time around just to show people he he's a changed man. And this is how it always goes with these politicians. All of a sudden, they start changing when it's time for them to be voted back in. So I'm not sure. And then, you know, all of this happened subsequent to LeBron James when he tweeted about Don Lemon. I'm like, bruh, like, what, you going to apologize about that a week later? A week or two later? Or next year, the anniversary, I, I promise? Like, these are fine men. They're <laughs> fine men on both sides. You know, did great job. Great work. So, honestly, I ain't got time for him. I'm not surprised by him coming out with that statement. Um, I, I really felt like, less of the attention should have been on Donald Trump and more on the people who survived it, who were able to, the young lady who died, talk with her family. I feel like the com- the, the attention should be put on them, the yeah. ones who were there, the ones who survived the incident, what they feel about it. And I believe it's going to be coming up again. They're going to have another march. So that's why I feel like the attention should be on. Not this dude who's sitting behind his office desk and could care less about what's going on, who got hit by a car, and who out here getting killed in these marches. He don't care. So I don't care about his rhetoric. Um... But like I said, I'm not surprised. This is, this is who y'all voted for and who the Russians hacked to get into office. So here we are. Still waiting on that impeachment. What's going on? To be honest, I still don't even understand how he tweets so much. Yo, ain't got like, time, bro. Like, like you're the got president all these and you can tweet. You got time to tweet with your trigger fingers. Like, won't you go sit down and go for... How about you go read the Constitution since you don't know it? Like, can we start with that? Can we start with that? Mr. President, we have some debriefing to do for you today. <laughs> hold on, let me send out this tweet, though. <laughs> right. Let me send out this tweet, and I'm going to retweet it and make it a favorite. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm going to pin it to the top. <laughs> oh, my God. Yo, that's your man right there. No, nah, no, nah, that's, not, that's, that's not my mans and them. Your <laughs> <laughs> mans and them. All right, switching gears, we're going to be talking about Demi Lovato drug usage. So, as you may know, on July 24th, Demi Lovato was rushed to the hospital after suspected drug overdose. Damn. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, the immediate response was, we wish her well, which is, of course, 
that should be the media response for any and everybody in these situations. Um, there was an immense amount of support for her. However, there was some criticism about the support concept and who it pertains to. Eric Knighton wrote a great article for The Root titled Black Celebs Suffering from the Drug Addiction Deserve the Same Support as Demi Lovato. He touched on some valid points about black celebs' drug addiction and the public reaction. So, for instance, he talked about Whit- Whitney Houston. The who- late, great Whitney Houston, my icon. Love you, boo. Yeah, definitely. Rest in peace. With Whitney, over the years, she was placed in a negative light because of her drug addiction. Apparently, her new documentary highlights her tough life and obstacles that she faced. And for instance, she was molested by one of her family members. Did you check out the documentary? No, not yet. Did you see it? I'm on the fence. I'm scared. To, I saw the previews. And first of all, I'm on the fence because I saw the Lifetime movie mm-hmm. that was horribly done. And they interviewed Bobby Brown afterwards. And I'm like, I don't even want to hear what you got to say. Because, <laughs> okay. like, the movie, to me, did not make her look in a good light. But then again, it's Lifetime. So it's like, come on. It's like 2% real shit. And it's production quality, a whole other problem. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't really feeling it. And I felt like it put her in a bad light. And I hate when these movies are produced after they're dead. There's so much they can say and do. They're like six feet under. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So, like... Why wasn't this out before? So it's that aspect and also too, because I saw the preview. First of all, this looked like a legit documentary. Like they have but it's like you through the previews you're told about the things that she's experienced and stuff that she went. And it's just like not for nothing, I wanna remember Whitney for who she was. Yeah. I loved her. I idolized her when she died. I cried. Like she's everything to me. Even despite the drug addiction she's everything to me like i just love her even an interview she just kept it a hundred like you know what i'm saying like she was just one of those chicks and i don't want my image of her to be tarnished by new information coming out and apparently her family are all are not on the same page about the information that came out like her mom was surprised allegedly so i'm kind of like i don't know if i want to see it i'm still on the fence about it i mean i heard about her being molested i was like yo and this is a problem with a lot of us in our communities like when there's drug addiction among people of color there's years of buildup of issues that was never resolved and we talked about going to therapy like juno diaz with his you know um being raped at a young age a lot of these things over time as people of color it builds up and then it leads to stuff like this so you know i think it's very imperative and we talked about it on previous episodes and you be dropping your little gems about you know going to therapy and life coach because you know so it won't lead to stuff like this yeah definitely being proactive and dealing with those demons and those issues Instead of actually turning to drugs, as J. Cole said, meditate, not medicate. Facts. Cole World. <laughs> you heard? We, we got to get you on the show, Cole. You heard? <laughs> Yo, that's goals right there. Facts, facts. Sliding them DMs. <laughs> I'll respond. <laughs> we, may, we may need you to slide into his DMs. He's probably, probably more open to responding to a lady. Well, he's on tour now, so we'll see how and, that goes. Like he said, he likes that natural hair. <laughs> you know, I'm about to hit him with a picture like, hey, boo, you see my roots? <laughs> but let me take him my faux logs first so you can see the real roots. <laughs> Bring it back. Facts. Okay, so um, another example is Lamar Odom. Lamar Odom, who famously was married to Khloe Kardashian and his issues dealing with drug. And he was a great ball player. Yeah, definitely. He was nice on the court. Definitely a, a champion with the Lakers and the late Kobe Bryant. Not late, the retired Kobe Bryant. I don't know why I said late. <laughs> late, retired, same thing. Hey, Basi- Kobe. <laughs> basically. 
But, yeah, talked about Lamar Odom having his ongoing issues with drugs, but now he's actually on the road to recovery and will be soon playing basketball in China. So that's that's good news to hear coming and out of the Lamar Odom And you know what's crazy camp. with him, too? Like, he had a lot of issues that nobody knew about. Like, I wasn't really privy of who he was heavy until he got with Chloe, and then I was, you know, watching the reality show here and there. I like my Ratchet TV. Don't judge <laughs> me. Um, and... He been through a lot. Like, his dad wasn't a part of his life. His dad had an addiction to, I believe his mom passed away in earlier years. His best friend who was on a show with him, and Chloe died, like, a couple years. But, like, all the people in his life were, like, dying Damn. at certain points. So he, that's why when they was talking about his addiction, I'm like, there's more to this brother than just that. He's been through shit. Right. Like, you know, so, and that's another to my point about the stuff that we go through in our communities and stuff like that. Yeah, I, I think it kind of speaks to the fact that people will talk about like black on black violence, but then kind of just look at it in a vacuum and don't really pay attention to the effects of slavery. That's true. The effect of um, just coming from poverty generation after generation after generation mm-hmm. and how Speak on it. all these things really build up over time and it creates these results these results aren't just happening out of nowhere if you really just essentially follow the the trail follow the clues follow the history you'll see it, it's kind of predictable that people can start to fall into these type of issues so that's a really good point that you brought up no it's very true that they tend to fall into these issues and it's very concerning um and i think we forget that a lot when it comes to our own people in our communities and it's good to be cognizant and mindful of it and um, with him, it's just sad because he's extremely talented. I yeah. mean, he's going to be playing in China, but I don't know if he still got that rhythm, you know? Like, I just I don't know what them shots be like. Uh, I, I don't know. No handy head Jail Smith's over here. <laughs> as I know, he ain't got no addiction. JR? Anything's possible. JR? <laughs> Yeah. He's definitely addicted to the hennies and the thotties. Ain't nothing wrong with some henny, honey. <laughs> no offense. I'm, I live for that. I love JR. He's a Nick to, to the end for me. Well, he married now, so <laughs> he off that life. But ain't nothing wrong with some henny as long as you can control it. Facts, facts. Mm-hmm. So another athlete that was mentioned in the article was Josh Gordon, who was an NFL star who missed 55 games to failing drugs and alcohol testing. So... I'm confused. Is that a lot of games? Because oh, yeah. That's that like is. his whole career, right? That is a lot of games because... Um, and then, For those of you who don't know the NFL... Yeah, the NFL season is 16 games, not including the playoffs. So 16 games is a lot of time. So that's like and, three seasons? Yeah, three, four seasons in the NFL wow, career. Wow, that's crazy. And especially with NFL players, they don't have as long as careers as other sports. A lot of times there because of the concussion thing or just well no? just because it's a lot of wear and tear on you okay. because it's so physical of a game that's why they usually have the, the that's why the games are once a week and a lot of careers don't oh. last as long like if you're a running back someone who grabs the ball and runs with it every mm-hmm. when you when your play is called you're just basically running into people hitting you so you're not going to be playing that position for 15 20 years yeah <laughs> like kobe played 20 years in the nba so, yeah, definitely NFL players have a lot less time f- for their playing career. So mm-hmm. 55 games is a big impact. Okay. Yeah. So the issue here is that those black celebrities were ridiculed and ostracized by the media and decided because of their addiction. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, Demi Lovato. <laughs> <laughs> you got me saying that now. <laughs> Meanwhile, Demi Lovato is... <laughs> 
you gotta say it right. She, Meanwhile, back at the ranch. <laughs> back at the ranch. Yes. Demi's dealing with the same issues that these celebrities, these other uh, black celebrities, are dealing with, but is getting praise and support. There is that double standard there. The writer did point out that he fell within the same pattern as well, shaking his head at family members with drug abuse, but then sending prayers to Demi and celebrities alike. And honestly, when I when I saw that, I thought the same thing, too, because when I heard about her, I actually listened to the song that she released called Sober. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, damn, I feel so bad for Demi. I wish her the best of luck. But then I'll think of friends and family who I know might be addicted Mm -hmm. to smoking weed and i definitely don't give them that same kind of um what's the word i'm looking for basically don't give them that i don't look at it from the perspective she was addicted to higher than weed though right can we can we be on the same playing field with this conversation because addiction to weed is completely different to addiction to heroin cocaine or all that other stuff is it not coach p just want some clarification for our listeners that be out there smoking and now that's about to be legal in New York. <laughs> yes, there are there, there is there is levels to the drugs that people levels, take. Levels. <laughs> um but yeah, so yeah, the writer did talk about the his own issues with his own family members. And just in regards to addiction and drug use, we actually talk about that in season five, episode 35, Choose Wisely, where we go in and dive in and discuss J. Cole's album, which, again, discusses the nuances of drug effects on J. Cole, his community. So go back and check out that episode if you haven't heard it already. It's one of our more popular episodes. It definitely is. So you might want to check it out and let us know what you think. Meditate, <laughs> not medicate. Facts. That was one you, of my favorite. You heard? <laughs> So, Key, what was your initial reaction to the Demi situation? I was kind of on that wave, too. I felt bad for her. But, you know, I'll be on my political tip a little bit. So I thought about it from that aspect. I was like, I do prayers up to her. But then I was just like, before this article even came out, I was like, but what about, you know, black people? People of color that be on addicted to drugs. And I was going to write a post about it, but I was like, I don't want to be that girl. Like, Keanu <laughs> always finding a problem. And it's like, I'm not trying to find a problem. I'm staying it for what it is. And when this article came about, I was like, thank you, Jesus. Because you know we're going to talk about it. Um, So I'm kind of split. I do wish her well on a speedy recovery. When it comes to these things, it's easier for an outsider to judge and say what people like that should be doing. So I hope she's getting all the help that she needs and she's doing it for herself, not solely for other people. And I hope that she fully recovers not like recover partially i'm good drop an album and we out here getting you know records increasing and then a month later we back to this so i really do hope that she gets the help that she needs and it's consistent but also black people too who are on addiction well lamar odom when it came out that he was in that brothel i was like damn i really hope he gets (laughs) the help that he needs because like this is deeper than anything else like you know maybe him going to china a different scenery and being outside the u.s and really focusing on ball and that could kind of put him in a better headspace so but i do feel that way when it comes to our people you know there is that level of criticism like the um the person had right but then again it's always that sympathy for me because i'm like to be a black person a person of color in the u.s for that matter i could see why you addicted to some shit like (laughs) you know what i'm saying like real talk so i wouldn't necessarily be surprised by that i would just hope that you get the help you need you know how we are we're very stubborn when it comes to those things so my concern would be for our people to get the help that we need and let it be consistent um speaking of what was your initial reaction to lamar odom's drug abuse and patterns i was like damn what can this guy be dealing with when 
He's making millions of dollars, winning championships. And that's the common assumptions that we make. Yeah. Um, and I think for me personally, at that time, I really wasn't dealing with any depression or anything like that mm-hmm. during the time Lamar Odom's, that news about him was coming out. But as I've just gotten older, I've experienced more of life and just gotten to really understand how things work more. I can understand now, like kind of what we were saying earlier in the episode, you you never know what people are dealing with. Like no matter how good something looks, it's all subjective. Like Kate Spade, Anthony Bourdain, we talk about them. They got money and they were allegedly depressed. And it's like, but you have the money to help you. Why not get the help? But maybe you did and it wasn't enough. And maybe it's deeper than we all thought. Exactly. Like, you never know what demons people are dealing with. And even when people reach out for help, it's not always not always like a, a given that they're putting everything out there that they're dealing with. Sometimes people keep certain things inside that still eat at them. So, yeah, yeah. I, at first I was just like, this guy's an idiot. But now in hindsight... I'm like, I don't know what he was dealing with. I don't know what trauma he had, he grew up with. Like, a lot of times these players in the NBA, NFL, throughout sports, for the ones of color, they do come from communities that are poverty-stricken. And it's like, kind of what they say, You get the only way you can really get out is playing basketball, selling drugs, or rapping. And Facts. Coach P does not. <laughs> Coach P does not sponsor. Does not sponsor drug dealers. No. Um, and then if you enjoy rapping or making any type of music, obviously that's great if you can make a career pursuing that passion. But a lot of the success that people aspire to, very few people get to that level. And same thing in the NBA, NFL. There's for the amount of players that actually get to that level. There's way more who never get there so it's like you're pretty much given three tough options and so again i don't know what he dealt with and what in his past led him to take those actions but i just have empathy for him and now at in this moment but back then i was just like bruh let me let me be in your position i'll i'll show you what you should be doing with that Mm -hmm. yeah what about you? No, I mean, like I said, I was watching him before. So before all of that happened, I knew why he was addicted to things and what he's been through. So I felt sympathy for him, and I still do till this day. Even if he's getting help, I hope that he's he fully follows through on that. So before we end on that note, you know, I like when Coach P be dropping his little gems. What advice do you have to give to people who may know somebody in this situation when they're addicted to something? Um, they may not have the money to get the proper help and resources, what kind of help can you provide as a friend, a lover, a family member to assist them along the way? So what I would say is really try to get at the root cause of what the issue is or what people are dealing with. A lot of times we just have real superficial conversations where it's like, how is your day? How's the weather? How are you? I'm fine. Good. I'm fine too. And just keep it moving. We don't really get to know what other people are really dealing with in Mm -hmm. their life. And I think when you, if you see someone, a friend, a family member, a lover, someone who's dealing with drug addiction, alcohol abuse, I think it's it's really important to just sit down with them, have a conversation, get into their world, get into their head, and really just find out mm-hmm. what are you dealing with? What, like, why are you upset? Or are there any issues, things that are bothering you? Just so you can kind of see what that root cause is. Because, like, kind of what I said earlier before about um, a lot of these athletes are living in poverty-stricken neighborhoods if you just looked at that 
just in a vacuum. It's just like, okay, there's these ghettos and communities that are poverty stricken. But if you look at the overall picture Mm -hmm. and see slavery and even before that, like you get to see how things got to where they are now. You're seeing the end result of someone taking drugs or abusing alcohol or inflicting pain on themselves whatever the case may be that's just the end result but if you really have those real open conversations to find out what they're dealing with what things in their past might they they're dealing with in the moment that's why they're taking those actions then you can actually start dealing with that like whether it they were dealing with some domestic abuse issues with their spouse or they didn't get the kind of love or treatment they expected from their friends or their parents, whatever the case may be, just really getting to the root cause and really diving into someone else's world and seeing what they're dealing with versus just, Hey, how's it going? I'm fine. Me too. All right. Later. Yeah. And also too, like one last point, or more so of a question for you. If someone divulged something that they're going through to another person, like you said, get to the core and they got to the core and now it's like, Oh shit. I wasn't ready for that. Right. How do you think they will be beneficial to that person if they're just not ready to take on what they told them? What advice would you give them in that moment? Because sometimes people share some deep shit with us. And I'm like, some people share stuff with me and I'm like, oh, we talking about this now? Like, and I always step back and try to think of something right to say in that moment because I don't want to shift it in any other way. But there's times where I'm just like, I don't think I'm the person to really give you this kind of advice. But sometimes my advice be wild good, though. So I be giving myself props <laughs> wild all good. day. Yes, wild good. I be twerking while I'm giving advice. I'm like, yes. Wow, 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 good. <laughs> to bring it back on a more serious tip, like for people who are not comfortable and don't know what to do, how would you advise those people to handle those people in those situations? Because you could trigger that person to do some off-the-wall shit. Well, I think in a situation like that, you kind of have to go into it expecting the worst you never know what the person can deal with or what they've been dealing with in their past so I think if you're going into that situation and you want to be there for someone just go in there one thinking I don't know what they're going to tell me I don't know what they're dealing with so I have to be prepared for whatever that is and then a lot of times we think we have to say the right thing we have to say that one thing that's going to make that difference but it's not always about that sometimes it's just being someone that they can come to and Mm -hmm. share with like you may not need to have an answer but they just may want someone that they can open up to feel like they have someone they can divulge the issues that they're dealing with and and I think sometimes this is this is a whole nother topic for a, a whole nother episode I feel like when it comes to in my experience when it comes to dating a girl will be telling me issues that she's dealing with at work or with her friends and I realize I don't need to give a solution I just need to be there listen and just let that person know that I heard them I understand where they're coming from and I get it heard you exactly so you don't always have to have the right answer but just being that ear for them having them just know you're a sounding board like they can come to you and just share what they're dealing with and Sometimes you may have the right thing to say. Sometimes it's just good enough to just be there to listen. Say less. You see, this is why I like when Coach P be dropping gems, y'all. He be hitting it. I Ooh. like it. I appreciate that. I appreciate you. <laughs> and plus giving some good advice and feedback to people out there. So if you do know somebody in that state of mind, definitely try to filter out your options and try to approach it the best way you can. And even like what Coach P said, which I think is very important, sometimes all you need to do is listen Like, that's why people go to therapists and life coaches, because they listen to you. Majority of the whole session, they listening to you. And we don't have that. I noticed with some of my friends, 
I don't really divulge my personal stuff because I know what the conversation going to be like. You're going to listen to me for five, ten minutes. But all right, let's talk about me. And it's like, I don't really want to talk about you right now. I kind of <laughs> wanted to make it about me because I'm a good listener. I'm a great listener. Like, I could sit there for hours and listen to you. But when I start feeling like what I got to say is not valid, you're not listening to me, I kind of be like, all right, so this is about you, Gucci. I'm over here with it. So it's important to have people around you that's actually going to listen and intake the things that you say because that's sometimes that's all you need is just a listening ear and you just need a vent to. So thank you, Coach P, for dropping them gems. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And once again, thank you guys for tuning in. If you haven't already, make sure you go and cop that ringtone that you hear playing in the background right now, all silky smooth. You can get that at the iTunes store for Apple users, and you can get that at the Tune store for Android users. Also, please follow us on Instagram and Twitter. And as Keith said earlier, definitely slide into those DMs. We definitely love the feedback and just interacting with the fans. And you can also find our show on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching Unapologetically Different. Stay tuned for our next episode. Bye.